0: Everybody, We are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 3 of the Believe Overwatch League Podcast from the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us on all social media at Believe in OWL and at Believe.com. This week, we talk about the future of Sony overwatch two changes
1: and the retirement of an overwatch league favorite
0: hello hello everybody welcome to another week of the believe in overwatch league podcast now this is our final episode of march now that now that i know when march ends it doesn't go on for less than or what i'm rambling but this is this is the last week of march so we'll, we'll be moving on to april ew a quarter of the year is gone.
1: Uh, but with April means a new uh a new anime season. So I'm I'm excited.
0: April also means we turn 27, Kevin.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, wait. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> keep the anime, let me keep my age.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're getting closer to being able to play the Bo Burnham song and it being accurate. Uh <laughs> I don't want to turn 30.
1: Yeah, yeah, No, 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 thank you.
0: Oh, that's just such a that's such a weird thought, like 30, you know.
1: It I mean it, it's just a it's a it's a number. I like mean you're not
0: old, but you're not young.
1: Yeah, like I like
0: can in your 20s, you're still young. When you're 40s, you're kind of old, but 30s, it's like you're neither. <laughs> what are you?
1: You're you're an enigma.
0: <laughs> you're in that liminal enigmatic state of 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 age.
1: Yeah, you're allowed to like Space Jam, unironically.
0: <laughs> uh, so, how have you been, Kevin? What's been in your life? Playing anything new? Watching anything new? Doing oh, anything new? Doing anything old?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I guess I can look at my schedule real quick and refresh myself on what actually happened this week. Um. Yeah. Uh, this, this weekend was really hectic for me. Uh, I mean, I casted, I think four different tournaments. Oh, damn. That's in a lot of two days. In two days. In two days. So was that, was yeah, it two a day. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Okay. So on the 26th, I woke up at 6 AM to catch the beginning of uh European Yeah, the catch, the beginning of the European March finals for Pokemon Unite. Um, Immediately after that, I ended up casting uh, North American early round finals until about 4 p.m. So me and the co-caster, co-commentator, we we covered everything up until the last four matches because that's what's going to go on the live broadcast. So like the official Pokemon broadcast, we covered everything else that wasn't those games. Um, So we, we just kind of set that up for, for them that way, like people who are interested in the earlier matches, we could at least give them something to look at. Um, So those were my first two. The next day I had to wake up at 6 AM again, uh, to be awake for a, another Pokemon tournament that started at 7 a.m. So uh, we casted from 7 a.m. to about 10 a.m., I think. Um, And that was for VR Unite Clash, Victory Road Unite Clash number eight. I've done seven of the eight of them. I was not invited to the first one. I don't know who was on that one. Um, But they got us from two and so forth, and we've been there for... Jeez, it's been officially six months on that podcast or on that uh tournament cast so it's been a really good gig and a very consistent gig so I'm really happy about that um after that we did uh my casting duo and I ended up doing a couple matches of the Unite for Ukraine tournament um which I mean I'll get into it later but like we were originally slated to be on the official broadcast for that um for Pokemon Unite Unite for Ukraine um but because we had this tournament before they decided literally the night before to cut us from from the broadcast channel oh wow and like me as a caster and commentator like i like we helped plan this thing for like the past 3 months or not 3 months like the past 3 weeks they brought it up at the beginning of march and we were like yes this is how we should schedule it this is how we get around this tournament and then like last second, they're like, OK, yeah, we, we can't have you on hopping in the middle of our tournament. And I'm like, OK, uh, that's that's great, I guess. After, so they
0: telling you now after three months of planning
1: that, after like three solid weeks of planning, oh, like geez. we we were we were there, though, like from the from day one. And it, it just it feels really bad. Like I wanted to be a part of it. I mean, I we still helped raise a lot of money for this event. Um, we raised over nine thousand dollars. Uh, that's not a oh wow, that's not a Dragon Ball reference, <laughs> but we, we did. Um, and yeah, it, it's really cool to see like a gaming like group get together and say, like, we're doing something like bigger than just the game. Um, it was an interesting event nonetheless. So we ended up casting, uh, I think, like three or four rounds of that, and that was. A, a really good experience overall. so now that I am uh I'm done casting that for a little bit, I had Monday to kind of catch my breath a little bit um and yeah, now we're recording this on a Tuesday. So yeah, my sleep schedules all over the place. some days like I really want to be out super late and other days I'm like waking up at six in the morning to <laughs> cast some Pokemon. So yeah, my schedule's been literally all over the place and it's not a it's not great. <laughs>
0: I mean, you're still young enough to be able to do it, Kevin, in three years. Yeah, maybe not.
1: Once that April 24th rolls around again, like, I don't know if I could keep this up. Just kidding, no. Um, We'll we'll, we'll figure it out.
0: Why are Uh, all these tournaments so early, though?
1: So, the the first ones make sense because they're in Europe. The, uh, The VR Unite Clash one is main is like mainly in Spain. Um, and then the, you know, European like early rounds are like noon to them, but it's like 6 a.m. for us. And I'm just like, uh, <laughs> could you not <laughs> please? Uh, but yeah, I, I understand. And I feel like, here's another thing. Like I feel like gamers are like night owls. I, I don't understand why we have like early morning tournaments um, Unless it's just like super late for them, but like at the same time, it's just it's it's a lot of work. But I'm I'm fine with it. It's fun.
0: That that um, one event you came down here for, um, that was, uh, the, was the the tailgate. Was it like yeah, six the, in the tailgate morning or something? Was it, yeah? <laughs> Who's who doing tailgate was, at six in the morning?
1: That's what I was saying. I was telling him like I I get it. The event is in Iceland, but
0: why why the who, afterward
1: who at Like UCLA campus, like a bunch of college students are not going to wake up at 7 or 8 in the morning to go and watch, you know, some Valorant, right?
0: We won't Um, even get up that early for class.
1: Exactly. Like, I get it. We have incentives like donuts and (laughs) t-shirts, but like, still, it wasn't, it wasn't like amazing. Like, I wish we could, I, I wish games were a little bit later, Um, but at the same time, I do understand, like, this is how it plays out for them. Um, so yeah, it's just, it, it, it is what it is, even though like, I I don't really agree with it as a, as a player, I I hope that we can get more done, you know, like, or, or just have it later in the day so that more people can like come home from work and watch the games. But I get it. Like we're in different time zones. We just need more tournaments over here in NA. Uh, what about you, Matt? How's your week? How's everything going on your end?
0: My week has just been just busy upon busy upon busy. Um, so Saturday, uh, Saturday I went to go see Joe Coy, which was really good. I think his opener was, I think it's like Jeff Gila or something. I can't remember his name. He was in the, um, the special like the, his, his Philippines special and he's also going to be in his movie coming up Easter Sunday. Um, but he was really good. I think he's half Filipino, half Indian. Joe is half white, half Filipino. But like his opener was really good. Like there were periods during that opening act where I literally like could not breathe, and I'm like, oh god, is this how I die? Laughing at a comedy festival, just ugly laughing, just not breathing. Um, so it was like it's a weird feeling. Have you ever laughed that hard, Kevin, like where you like legitimately cannot breathe?
1: Like where you almost die. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. I, I think I, I don't remember specifically when, but I think I have at one point. Um, Yeah. It's really difficult because like, it's funny. Like as, as a piece, you're laughing at it because like you, you understand it. That, that's comedy. It's good. Yeah. Um, but like at the same time, you're like, just stop! I don't want to <laughs> die right now. You know? I need to
0: breathe. I need air. Like oxygen it, is our friend. Like pause and just just accept. Like pause for the laughter. You can pause. You yeah. don't have to keep going. Like I get that. Like timing and pacing is a thing, and you only have like X amount of time on stage. But also, like it doesn't do to kill your entire audience by making them laugh to death. Um. Oh god, that reminds me of a. Uh, did you ever read like R.L. Stein stuff, Kevin? Uh,
1: yeah I read a couple
0: So there's a I think there was a collection that he had I remember reading it in Elementary school I think it's like Called the 13th hour or whatever But it's a collection of like more I guess Older like for like high school Kid um, horror stories Yeah and in one Of them it's like it's about clowns or whatever And then they just they, they Tickle kids and it's like they say You can die laughing and just Like I just immediately thought of that right now it's like I felt like I was going to die laughing. Um and, and Joe Koy was pretty good still. I, um his set was a lot of cuz he this was um this show that I went to was being recorded for Netflix and I think the day after was also being recorded for Netflix as well. Um and I think it's the same tour. I think I went to two dates on the same tour honestly cuz a lot of a lot of the jokes that he said were um, the same as the last time I went to see him. Um, but some of them were still different. So um still good. We still got to see new content. But I mean, I, I didn't realize that I was going on the same tour, but it was still fun. Um, there were still times during his set also where I was laughing so hard that I thought I would die. I think my only complaint was like he opened his his set on like a semi-anti-mask thing. He was like, I'm so glad that like, we don't have to wear masks anymore. Like, look at all these people not wearing masks in the front row. And I'm like, Oh, God, come on, really, really. Um, so that was my only complaint about his show. And then Sunday, I just kind of did a bunch of um, audio work and downloading sound effects and making soundscapes for the play I'm in. And then yesterday, Uh, I started I did a read through for another play that I'm doing a different one it's a production of Neil Simon's Barefoot in the Park where I play the 30 year old or mid 30 year old telephone (laughs) repair guy when I think I am the youngest person in the cast and I'm playing a 30 year old person who's which is older than me which is just god 30s I'm not ready for that and then today I got to finally we got, I think today and tomorrow, we're going to be in the actual theater prepping for the play. And then we have to be out for two days and then we come back next week to prep again. So it was cool, like actually hearing the sound effects being played on like the actual speakers. Um, And yeah, that's that's about it. Gaming wise, I picked up Tiny Tina's Wonderland. I haven't played it yet because I still have two games on the PlayStation to get through. So I'm in no rush to play Tiny as I have it. Um, I think I got the last Xbox copy. Um, nice. but I'm also playing the uh, the new Kirby game, which is I think in general, it's a good direction for Kirby. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, I just I hate platforming and I hate time trials. and there's parts of the game that are platforming time trials, and i it it's just taking every bit of of self-control on my part to not throw my control my console across the room because i'm getting angry at a time trial meant for a children's game. <laughs> now i do be like that sometimes. Uh i, I can't i can't do time trials cuz it's like you'll miss it by like a fraction of a second, like actual milliseconds. It's like i have to do this all over again.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me like gaming wise besides like trying to keep up with Pokemon Unite, i've been on the uh what do you call it? I've been on that Mario Kart grind <laughs> a little bit um, with the with the new courses and stuff like that. So friends are trying to figure out, like, how is how is it like, you know? Mm. Um, so it, it's pretty cool to. It's pretty cool to run some of the older ones that, like, I have fond memories of, for example, like, you know, that besides the coconut mall meme, but like actually that and. Um, like. Yeah, Coconut Mall, Chaco Mountain, and uh it, it's just it's just a lot of fun running those again. Um, and especially in like better graphics, you know.
0: What's your favorite Mario Kart map to run? True, just, just of all time. For me, of I think it would time. be Donkey Kong Mountain on the on double dash for the GameCube. I just I don't know why I really like that map.
1: Uh, I can, I can make everybody hate me by just saying baby park. Um, oh. no, I'm I'm just kidding. No. Um, my, my personal one, I like Waluigi pinball, um, that was on the DS. Oh, I didn't um, play that one. That that's like one of the ones that has like it for me, it like the soundtrack is like iconic for me, uh, because, uh, we, we used to play that all the time for, um, like during, during school, you know, you would like go out after school. Hang out with all your friends at the park and just play Mario Kart. Yeah. Um, do the same thing during lunch, you know. So that's that's why uh that that course in particular was like when I when it came around to like my pick, I loved drifting on uh on Waluigi pinball. It's just a personal pick.
0: Okay, before we get into the actual news, Kevin, I was Mm -hmm. um I was just on, I think it was I saw first saw it on Facebook today, but IGN did this ranking of all of the Pixar movies, all twenty five of them. Uh, okay. And I hate their ranking. I absolutely hate their ranking. Um. So before we get into this, Kevin, I didn't even I didn't even send you this list because I want to. Oh, let's let's play a game. What do you think? What first off, what are your top five Pixar movies? And what do you think their top five are?
1: My top five? Yeah. Pixar movies? And And then I'll tell you mine. And then
0: after you you say yours and theirs, I'll tell you what mine are. Then I'll read through all of them.
1: Okay. Uh, I'm going to pull up a list of Pixar movies just so I can make sure that I have them all as an option. Um, I want a list of Pixar films. There we go. Cool. Oh, wow. There's a lot of good ones. For me, I have a personal connection with Up. So I think I have to I wouldn't put up as the best. I still think The Incredibles is one of the better ones. Mm-hmm. So for I I would okay, top 5 in no particular order. Um The Incredibles Ratatouille Up Toy Story the original and Finding Nemo. I think those are like my top five just because like they're all solid movies. Yeah. And like, I mean those resonate with me. They're personal. But like I, I liked those films like growing up for sure.
0: hmm So what do you think their top five are? And then I'll tell you what my top five are.
1: Ooh. Their top I bet okay. I bet they put I okay they probably put Wally uh I'm, this is just from like a like a standpoint, right? Like, okay, okay.
0: Just an IG, from an IGN standpoint. This is IGN from the stand. IGN staff.
1: This is, <laughs> this is not not good. <laughs> like, I I can't get in the head of IGN staff, so I might as well just guess like my bottom or like the weirdest five, and then just hope that it's correct. Okay, what if they went cars? Uh. Onward, Coco, Inside Out, Monsters Inc.
0: <laughs> you just have no faith in IGN.
1: I have zero <laughs> faith in IGN.
0: Oh man. Okay, so my top five. Um, I can't. I can't tell whether I'd put Ratatouille or Incredibles up in my top spot, but those are my top two. Mm-hmm. Then up. Then mm-hmm. Toy Story, yep, and then Monsters Inc. for me. Okay, those are my top five. I just I love Ratatouille so much. It's it's such a good film. And then you know I'm a superhero kid, so Incredibles of course has to be up there. Um, and then great
1: score, honestly. Like anything you know, been, with Michael Giacchino's score is is amazing.
0: I had to um, I had to look for a little bit of the Incredibles for the uh the play that I'm doing because we're using part of the score as. A background track for the play And then I started listening to it because I had to find a specific Sound and then it's just like This soundtrack is such a Banger I can't believe I forgot how good The soundtrack is and like I Own the Ratatouille soundtrack so I know how good that one is but just I don't think people appreciate How good cinematic Music is especially with Pixar Um,
1: Yeah It's it's one of those things that's like it's underrated until you really pay attention to it and you realize how important that is. Mm-hmm. Like if you play the four notes from like uh married life from up, right. You, you know, the four notes. Like, yeah. Like when you hear that, you you just don't know if like, you don't, you don't know how to feel. You feel like this nostalgic vibe right. of like, should I be happy in this moment? Or is this the correct like should i be reminiscing happily or is this a sad moment are you going to brace the, like, for
0: that that one moment within that first 10 minutes where it's like oh good feelings gone
1: <laughs> oh yeah true yeah
0: okay kevin okay. before i go through the list have you seen all 25 Pixar movies
1: i have not um i think i've seen most of them yeah. i don't i i don't think i've seen i know for sure I haven't seen the Good Dinosaur, mm-hmm. and I think I, I did not see Onward.
0: Okay, those are the two I haven't seen. I haven't seen and Luca
1: either. I saw Luca. I think yeah. I think everything else I've seen. Okay, so those are the just the only two.
0: All right. So from worst to best, here we go. Number we're twenty-five. Going, okay.
1: we're, we're starting at the bottom and we're then moving. Starting at the bottom. Up. Okay. Starting
0: from the bottom. Now we're here. So Cars three. Twenty-five. Cars 2 is 24. Finding Dory is 23. Monsters University is 22.
1: Uh.
0: (laughs) The Good Dinosaur is 21.
1: Uh. (laughs) Brave
0: is 20. Cars is 19. Onward is 18. Turning Red is 17, which I think is utter blasphemy. Uh, Yeah, That's
1: pretty high up
0: there. Utter blasphemy. I think that's so low for it, actually. I think that needs to be higher. Like, honestly, I laughed harder at Turning Red than I laughed at a majority of the films on this list. And I think it was a lot more relatable. And also the facial expressions. Like, I feel like they did something very different with Turning Red that I feel like should have been recognized better by IGN. But the film's getting torn apart by film critics, so... Kind of. I, I,
1: love, I like turning red but we can go into oh, so we can go into that after
0: this. <laughs> so 16 was Luca. 15 was Soul. 14 was Incredibles 2. 13 is A Bug's Life. 12 is Toy Story 4. 11 is Ratatouille, which I am so mad about because Whoa. I felt like that one should be top 10. <laughs> okay. Ratatouille is top 10. Like I will fight minimum. I will fight you on this. Toy Story 2 is number 10 Number 9 is up Which again I think that's too low Yes Finding Nemo is 8 Monsters okay. Inc is 7 Coco is number 6 which okay. Coco was good <laughs> But not that good not It did that not good. beat Ratatouille For sure And now they're top 5 Kevin Oh no Inside Out
1: Which uh, was good
0: I think it was good. I don't know if I put it top five. Yeah. Toy Story, which is okay. Yep. This one, I hate. I absolutely hate this movie. WALL-E is number three. I think WALL-E is the stupidest movie that I've seen in a while. It wasn't... Like, I will admit for me, like, the effects and the animation and just, like, the space atmosphere was good, but the story was complete garbage. It's like, it just—I—I I didn't feel anything while watching it, and then at the very end, it's just like—it doesn't make sense because you took out his memory chip. How is he going to remember anything?
1: I mean, yeah, well, I could go into discussion. It's of Disney Wall-E. magic.
0: It's like, Disney magic.
1: I, I think Wally was made to be a warning. Um,
0: it is, but just
1: eh. yeah. I mean, it's it, not, it, it depends work. on how you vibe. It, it, I don't it really think didn't work. I don't think warning. it's a top like for sure it's not a top five pixar movie i could agree with you on that but like i mean i, I felt like it's it's one of those like challenge exercises where it's like yeah. take take a robot and try to make it you know personable um, i feel like that you could argue top with...
0: 10 but not okay, top yeah. five
1: yeah not top five i could argue top 10 for wally but not top five
0: Toy Story three was number two. Okay,
1: wait, 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 hold on, wait. Then Toy Story three is number two.
0: Is their number two spot? Which I, I don't know how to feel about that because I I felt when I watched Toy Story three, like the the incinerator bit was just a a mood. It was it was a trip. Yeah, like you you could feel there because I feel I but partially I think that was like. The nostalgia, though, that's the yeah. nostalgia trip playing. Yeah. Because we grew up with Toy Story and seeing like that potential violent end to them all, which we know is not going to happen. It's Pixar. Yeah. But it it tugged on the heartstrings for sure.
1: I, yeah. It cashed in on the nostalgia 100%. And like Toy Story 3 as a number two slot, I feel like Toy Story 3 is only as good as when you remember watching toy story as a kid right because like the ending of toy story 3 is the reason why it's like talked about
0: like yeah yeah
1: the the passing of the torch to the next generation um but like i wouldn't like over the original toy story i don't know fam
0: it's also very it's surprisingly dark for pixar to be oh, honest yeah. though like they went in a of dark turn with like, lots of so creepy Dude, yeah, so having scary. to deal He's with lots of actually really scary when you yeah, think about like his character character. And then which leaves the incredibles as number one. So okay. that one I can agree with.
1: I can I can I can acknowledge the incredibles being you know a good like if you if you said incredibles is a top pick, I would not blame you. But like okay, wait, let me let me ask again, where did Upland up was number nine. Nine.
0: Barely top 10. Okay.
1: Yeah, See, I, I really don't agree with their their rating. I, I mean, posted
0: this to the work Slack and everyone was mad at it.
1: I mean, I would be too. Like, this is not a good list.
0: <laughs> the fact that Ratatouille and Up are below Coco and Wally is ju- it just invalidates this entire list. Yeah. Like, I think I was, I think I'm also mad at Wally because it somehow beat out Kung Fu Panda, which I think overall was just a better film.
1: Oh, yeah. I could, I could agree with the, I think the, the first Kung Fu Panda, right?
0: Yeah. The first, the very first yeah, Kung Fu yeah. Panda. It got beaten out by Wally, which I was not happy with because I think the only reason Wally won is just because it looks spectacular and it's Pixar, but like story, character, music, everything else wise. Oh, kung fu panda, the original blows Wally out of the water every time. like I'm not I don't think I'd ever willingly sit down and watch Wally again, but I, if you put on the original kung fu panda, I will sit down every time
1: i mean, i'll I'll go into this after this discussion, <laughs> but like I could talk about the the Oscar stuff. not like oh. not the, not the slap <laughs> not, but like the, the, not actual, the slap not the slap, but like the animated feature film section.
0: No, oh, let's just do it right now while we're talking about it.
1: Okay. So the one that, w- okay, so here were the nominees this year. It was Encanto, Fleet, Luca, Mitchells versus the Machines, and Raya the Last Dragon. Um, I get it. Encanto is going to win just because it's Disney. But if you have seen the Mitchells versus the Machines, I think that one pushed like animation in a really good direction. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's fun. It's It's made by this
0: to watch. Yeah, it's made by the
1: same company that made or like it's the same animation studio that did Into the Spider-Verse. So snap. So like when you watch it, you're like, okay, I get the vibes. Like, I understand why this is like this. Um, But when you enjoy it from especially as a point of view from like an art student, Mm -hmm. You enjoy it for like, okay, they're mixing this medium with this medium, or they're trying something different here. And it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, Yeah. It may not have, you know, a banger song about not talking about one of your least favorite
0: relatives, but but that wasn't even nominated that song. So that invalidates that point completely.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Like, yeah. Mitchell's versus the machines. If you guys haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. Go and watch it. It is. It is an amazing fun animated film and especially if you like spider-verse like this is the same thing just not really tied to like you know a bigger um like a bigger universe overall
0: Mm -hmm. see the thing is like encanto wasn't even that good of a movie to be honest
1: like i mean i I thought it was solid but like i don't think it was i don't think it it pushed it in the direction that Mitchell's versus the machine didn't
0: do anything. We haven't seen Pixar do before.
1: Exactly. Uh, Well, yeah, this is, this is a sick, like same Disney vibe. Like, but it it doesn't very Disney. Yeah. It just, it feels like it's playing the same message. Yeah. And it's very safe. Like Mitchell's versus the machines was like super like out there. It had like, it had this really weird, like, Take to it, but like when you enjoy what they're putting out, you, you, you like embrace it even more. And yeah, I, I would have loved to see it take, take the stage, honestly, but that, that's just me. That's just me. I, I feel like if you watch the two, one is definitely better for the wider audience, and the other one is just like amazing, um, as from an art perspective and just from like a story perspective as well.
0: Mm, I love how just like, No matter how good an animated film is, if there's a Pixar movie out that year, it's almost guaranteed that the Pixar movie will take it just because it's Pixar. I'm trying to remember what I think Spider Verse was was the only movie in recent history that beat out Pixar that I can think of.
1: Oh, oh, okay. 2001 was won by Shrek. During the same year as Monsters Inc., huh?
0: Okay, okay, Shrek
1: beat Monsters Inc., and then I was checking
0: for That's 2002
1: being uh spirited away by Miyazaki. Wasn't that 2003? He he won the the Oscar in 2002. Oh, so he beat out Ice Age, Lilo and Stitch, uh, and Treasure Planet. Um, I mean, which are all solid films, but. Yeah, and then, yeah, there is no competition in 2004. The Incredibles, um, uh, Wallace and Gromit: Curse of the Were Rabbit won in 2005 over Howl's Moving Castle, which I I, I don't know how that happened.
0: Okay, but um, you gotta respect Wallace and Gromit though. They've been doing I, this for so long.
1: Yeah, they deserve they deserve it for sure. Because like, if they're gonna go out with a movie, it's gonna be Howl, that.
0: Howl's is good. But if anything's going to beat Howls, I'd rather Wallace and Gromit beat Howls than Pixar.
1: Yeah. Happy Feet beat Cars. I did not know that.
0: Okay, that's fair. Cars wasn't that great. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: and then Ratatouille got it again.
0: It deserved uh, it, absolutely.
1: Yeah, and then yeah, you you mentioned Kung Fu Panda losing to to Wally. Um and then 2009 is up. Up versus The Princess and the Frog, Coraline, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Um, all solid.
0: All solid, but no up takes that for just for the opening alone.
1: Yeah. Like you you could you can't make people feel something in like that small amount of time. Like literally that whole first like what is it like minute like maybe even two minutes. You, You just feel it. Um, let's see. Yeah, I'm trying to remember in recent history, when was the last time that, besides, okay, yeah, Spider-Verse is the only time that a Disney or Pixar film did not take first, did not take home the Oscar. Yeah, I, I really do wish it was Mitchell's versus the Machines, but because that one, that one was fun. But yeah, once again, I can't vouch any harder for that.
0: going to swatch it eventually i just i i need to finish um watching the show what am i watching money heist i'm watching money heist and i have to watch dune because it's due back to the library but then i'll watch mitchell's versus the machines
1: yeah I, i was discussing well i mean this is another like really random topic but like we were talking about like isekai stuff at at work and they're like (laughs) <laughs> it was super funny because like they were just legit on the topic of anime and they were like kevin what is your favorite isekai and i just looked them dead in the eyes and i'm like yo you're not gonna believe it there was this one movie where michael jordan like plays basketball with the looney tunes and they're like are you talking about space jam i'm like yeah space jam's the best isekai um <laughs> they're like you're not wrong and i'm like okay the only second answer that is correct is the jimmy Timmy power hour <laughs> and they're like yes that is that is also a, a correct answer <laughs> but yeah it, it was really tough to like try to explain to them how big like those events were
0: mm-hmm. all right let's before we get into the official news i just wanted to bring this up because I remembered because you mentioned work. So at Mm -hmm. work today, like part of what I do on Tuesdays is I look through the releases for the week of DC comics. And then I will pick out like panels that I think are interesting. And my supervisor will pick out of my picks. And that's what we publish on the weekends as our fan review posts. It's like, we'll post an an image and then we'll have a copy option, like a joke or something. like, Oh, what did you think of this comic this week? Um and so one of the ones I had to do this week was a crossover between Batman and Phase Clan the esports Phase uh, Clan. Okay. So they in the in one of the 52 DC universes the the Phase Clan have partnered up with Batman, Nightwing, etc. and it's like Batman and video games can go well together in comics. Like Batman, Fortnite, I hate Fortnite, but the Batman and Fortnite comics are actually very good. They are very well written and the art is spectacular. So Batman and comics in video games can work together. But like this phase Clan thing is so bad. It's like the cringiest gamer speak ever. And whoever put this together should feel ashamed of themselves.
1: Yeah, when when did this happen? Why? Wait, hold on. Who Apparently, it was a Facebook partnership plan?
0: before I started working with the company. It's still so so weird. It, it happened to at least last year, like at least before July of 2021, and it's still going now in the, at the end of March of 2022, and it's terrible. It's it's legitimately one of the worst things I've ever read. <laughs> Like there's this one scene at the very end where it's like it's pretty much like the uh, the Riddler comes out with this gaming system called the Enigma box which like you should already know if it has the word enigma in it it's the riddler and it's evil but it's like oh no one can get the enigma box it's so hard to get and then like apparently he's mind controlling a lot of the people who are playing it and like he somehow captured a bunch of the villains And then now they're part of the game as part of like raid bosses or whatever, and at the very end when they defeat all of them, like the Riddler takes their magic powers away, but through the magic of of phase up they like teleport a bunch of like their fans into the game, and they somehow defeat the Riddler with the power of phase clan. And I just I hated every second of of that day during work. <laughs> that was my low of the work today. It wasn't it wasn't messing up scheduling a post. No, it was reading Phase Clan the crossing with Batman. That was just it was terrible. Like, esports is is great, and I'm like I do have an appreciation for esports, just not that much of an appreciation for esports.
1: Yeah, like. Like I get that if it's like a short comic and it's like a one-off but still like that is not a partnership that like I don't think I can approve of that like if I'm if I'm the head of you know DC like that that's just like you, you don't need it like I don't I don't need it unless how much how much money are they offering like it's still like it it has not a ton of substance and it really it really needed to <laughs>
0: I feel bad for those trees that you wasted fans. <laughs> anyway, let's move into actual like relevant news of the week. The things that are actually on our, our, our news list. Yeah. Um, so one of the big things that happened today for a lot of us console plebs, um, I guess it's on PC too, but PlayStation revealed a brand new service model for PlayStation plus like, PlayStation plus for many years has just been the same service that it always has. You get to play online and they'll give you a couple of free games per month. Um, it's announced today that they're coming out with a brand new, like three tier system for PlayStation plus, And they're also getting rid of their PlayStation now service. Um, but so whenever we do get this, um, the everyone who currently has PlayStation plus is going to be moved into the bottoms here, which is called PlayStation plus essential. And it's the same service that exists for everybody. No change in pricing. And it includes two monthly downloaded games and everything that we have so far uh, going one tier up. It's called PlayStation plus extra, which is everything from the bottom tier, but you get around a, 400 PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 games that can be downloaded anytime while you're a member. Um, It's going to have first-party and third-party games. Um, But the difference between this PlayStation Plus thing and what Xbox is doing with their Game Pass is that you won't get like the first-party games on this service. So kind of like how Halo was available day one for Game Pass, we're not going to get, for example, the next spider-man game on playstation plus it's it's not going to happen on any of the tiers um so this plan is going to be 14.99 a month 39.99 quarterly or 99 per yearly um that's in us dollars and then the final tier is called playstation plus premium it has everything from the bottom two tiers Plus 340 extra games from the PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, and PSP for streaming and download. PlayStation 3 games are available, but you can only stream them. You can't download them. Um, and it's going to work on PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, and PC. Um, and you'll also get limited time, time limited trials of some games. Don't know exactly what that means, but the charge for this tier is going to be $17.99 a month. 49.99 a quarter or 119 99 yearly. So, um this is interesting, I guess, because on on one hand, I don't think I don't know if anyone really needed this service, I guess, but like at least they're not charging if you just want to like keep the same service. I will say that it is at least allowing people to go back and play through their older catalog of games. I'm not sure why they're not allowing us to play like first party games on this service when Xbox is doing that. And I think you would, I'm guessing it might have something to do with just like business negotiations or like legal or or something on the business side of it but if xbox is doing it wouldn't you at least want to match to their level of what they're doing
1: yeah it's one of those things where like competition is better for the consumer um i i would wish that you know playstation made those first party things like readily available expensive especially like the exclusive launch titles um like even if you know for playstation plus extra if that is what we're asking you know to get where we just have a little bit more that we have to pay to get uh you know to get first peaks at exclusives mm-hmm. i definitely think people would pay that um but at the same time like i i understand why ps wants to try to do something like this um but i don't see why they wouldn't want games to be more accessible um Especially when, like, the, the price isn't that ridiculous in terms of, like, the change between two things, you know?
0: I think my guess of why they're not doing the first-party thing is, is because it's to keep the cost down. Because, I mean, even at the top tier, um, per quarter, it's only $40, where for um, Xbox, it's 44 per quarter. But even then that's only like a $4 difference. So if the argument is to keep costs down, it's not really keeping costs that much lower for the consumer. And honestly, it really makes the game pass look a lot better better for (laughs) your buck here. Yeah. Because you're getting, you can download and stream, you're getting the first party thing and it's, only $4 more than the other one. I mean, Xbox doesn't have as good exclusives, I would think, as PlayStation. I think PlayStation still takes that spot, but at least you can play them on Game Pass.
1: Yeah. And I, I really do think that, like, if you're PlayStation, this is a very weird thing to, to call. They need to match Game Pass minimum. Cause, like, people will actually do that in order to like the like they'll move to that over any of your other PlayStation stuff. Like even if you have your diehards, like it I don't think that they're going to like if you're a fan of games, you're gonna get the game pass instead. So I just think that it it just feels weird as an answer. Um like if you're if you're gonna do something like this like in like answer to game pass. Don't just like Say we're doing our own thing and it's less. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we just need that level of competition, really.
0: Here, let me copy you, but do it worse. Exactly, it's
1: not. It's not good enough. It's not great enough. Like, um, I I do agree. Like, it's the thing. Like the PlayStation Plus Premium, like the highest tier one. Um, I do agree that it's cool that they're allowing you to to like play some of the older games. I just want to know which ones.
0: And also, but it's like, I understand the preservation of it. I think it is necessary, but realistically, how many people are going to be going back to like struggle with PlayStation one era level design and controls?
1: Yeah. And I feel like that's going to be something that we have to, uh, we we have to learn. I mean, it's a good learning experience thing, especially I for guess. like future future gamers. But yeah,
0: like I don't want to go through the like the fixed camera hallways and like load every single time you go into a new room of the original Dino Crisis or whatever. That's like that's just a little much compared to like the the blazing fast comparatively loading screens and and free camera that we have today. I mean, I I
1: just want an excuse to go back and play NBA street. Uh, (laughs) And if they can make that multiplayer, that'd be great.
0: Speaking of multiplayer, Kevin. um, Mm -hmm. So apparently I don't know why, but Sony is really doubling down on their push into live service games. Things like um, destiny, is considered live service. And um, after uh, Sony purchased Bungie, which again, they're the studio behind Destiny. Apparently they've also have another company called The Haven or Haven, which is going to be focusing on live service games, which hasn't produced the game yet, but they're in the process of working on it. But apparently that's where Sony's focus is going into the future, creating... Games as a service and and making the multiplayer their focus, although they are assuring us that like single player games are still going to exist. Like Horizon is single player, Ghost of Tsushima is single player, Spider Man is single player. Like all of the games that they are really known for, all those really good exclusives are single player games. So on the one hand, it's like I guess maybe they're trying to they're trying their hand at making games as a service to be that quality. But on the other hand, it's like, why not just stick to what you do best? And instead of investing all this money into games as a service, why not make better experiences that are still single player? Because like everybody can play a single player game. Not everybody wants to go on the internet and get ganked by a squad of 12 year olds. Um, And like, i think it's it's i mean destiny has its own thriving community but i feel like every single time you have games as a service model it's very risky because something like anthem anthem was supposed to be the brand new biggest thing it completely failed um what was it what was that, that game that was trying to compete with overwatch like battleborn or something yeah like that completely failed it it, it, it lasted a couple months and then it, it no one wanted to play it um there are so many games like there's there's one of them thinking of right now. I remember the trailer very distinctly had a robot and everything. Um but like if these games keep popping up, and unless you're you're coming from a big company, and even if you are coming from a big company, there's no excuse that you're going to succeed. And it, it you're gonna have to and like if you want it to succeed, you're gonna have to be devoting so many, so much, so many resources into it, you're gonna have to keep developing it, and it doesn't just obviously I'm not in game design, but it just doesn't feel like it has the same risk to reward, I guess, considering just how often these things fail.
1: Yeah, I, I do like, I don't, I don't know if this is like the right direction that, that Sony wants or should take, honestly, like here's the thing, like a lot of PC games are already live service driven. Um, and same thing with Xbox in general. I do understand that there's more money in those kinds of games, but like, I feel like the single player like experiences that Sony has been putting out recently are way better. Like as just like exclusives in general, or just even as like, like just selling points as it is, um, the only thing that I like I I would hate is like if they went back to the single player stuff and only did DLC but I don't think that that is their their game plan like when when you played like Spider-Man right when like that's a great single player exclusive for the PlayStation um but when you like if there is DLC like if it's an extra chapter that they happen to to like work in on another one like I'd be okay with that if it's like extra costumes that people want to want to get like that's all good um but I don't know if this is the right push for Sony to try to like get their hands in the you know in the MMO or you know multiplayer like space at the moment you know Mm -hmm. um it's in my opinion it's the same thing that like rappers say where like you want to stay in your lane. Um, I feel like this is one of the things where like Sony is like trying to swerve, trying to take over as much as possible. But I felt like if they stay in their lane and like make really good games and prioritize things that they're really good at, they'll definitely be able to survive, um, survive the storm, whether it is like, you know, live games becoming harder to play or falling out of favor. Um, But I, I don't know Uh the if they want to focus on live service games, if they happen to like make them really good, um, that that's good on them. But I feel like their single player experiences are honestly where I end up gravitating towards, especially for like mm-hmm. PlayStation and Sony and like Sony stuff in general.
0: Yeah. And it's like, I can understand if they were going into competitive games, but things like things like destiny aren't competitive. Like it would make sense for competitive games. Cause like you could potentially Create an esports scene around that and that's Where money and Longevity could potentially lie I feel like those are the games that Really tend to do a lot better Over the years and Have stronger Community and more money behind them but just Like Creating another destiny doesn't seem to be The way to do It I feel like destiny has that Cornered you know
1: Yeah Yeah it, it's just better to uh, it, it just do, do what you think is best for your company and not just like follow the trend at the moment, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. I don't feel like this is the best thing for Sony, but hopefully they prove us wrong. Like, honestly, it'd be really cool if they actually produce something that is of the caliber of something like Ghost of Tsushima or of Horizon or something
1: yeah like those games were were amazing as is and i feel like you know ghost of tsushima like i went over to a friend's house and he got a ps5 and he played like his dad was playing ghost of tsushima um on like a big 4k tv and like that was amazing like just looking at looking at that was like beautiful it's one of those things that's just like you could you could you could uh, uh, embrace and enjoy like the the specific details that they put into the game. The like, game is art. It, it is art. Like, e- like the only thing that I, I wish that they did. This is just personal thing. Like, when they when they do the uh, Kurosawa mode where it's like black and white, um, is they made the blood red. Like I feel like they need to make a make a mod where only the blood when like it's shown as red, like I'd be a hundred percent down for that. Um, But it is like an amazing experience. And I feel like if they focused in on those things, it would, it would make a lot more people want to lean towards uh, uh, Sony, especially when it comes to those single player experiences.
0: So, moving on from Sony, um, here's an interesting update in the world of um, gaming in Ukraine and Russia. Um, So, we we mentioned last week, I believe it was last week, that in order to kind of combat the sanctions and whatever that entertainment companies are placing on Russia, Russia was advocating for its citizens to just openly go in, or they were considering legalizing piracy uh, of this content which again it's its own can of worms and if you want to hear our thoughts you can listen again to last week's episode um but this week in in russian news um the developer four quarters which created um games like loop hero uh, which is a, a deck building roguelike which has been highly regarded um, they're encouraging Russian citizens themselves to just pirate the game. If there's no legal way to, to purchase that game. Um, I honestly really don't know if this is a positive thing or a negative thing because on one hand, like piracy is, is, it's, its own can of worms. And some people like it. Some people, I honestly, like in general, I do pay for my media, there are things that i i have pirated mostly tv shows um don't come after me people please um i've watched in case watch a tv show online or whatever like what is it Anime, kiss anime we've we've all done it yeah. um <laughs> yeah, yeah but like oh no it's not even pirated that's streaming i didn't even download it does that count yeah
1: exactly it, does that it, count
0: it, as pirating it doesn't it
1: doesn't just... it doesn't it doesn't it does. it's it's we didn't save it we didn't download it it's just okay it, cool it's, it's on a site.
0: Yeah, so I I don't pirate things. I just occasionally will stream them, but generally I will purchase my media. But then again, like on on the other hand, it's like it's it's the developer saying to pirate their own game, they're not contributing to the economy of Russia. So I feel like there isn't that's why there isn't backlash here. But then does it like does that also undercut what the other entertainment companies are trying to do in pressuring Russia, or at least outwardly pressuring Russia. I, I don't know how to feel about this, Kevin. I'm very, I'm very confused as to like what am I supposed to feel. And again, like this has no bearing on me because I will never play the game. But just like in context of like everything we've been talking about with Russia and everything that's been going on with Russia and Ukraine, it's like where does this this fit into that whole? company thing do you think because i mean we've seen companies who have not wanted to boycott russia being taken down on like being quote-unquote canceled in social media or anonymous is threatened to go after them if they don't pull out of russia um but then again there's the other side of it where russian citizens are just trying to get by but also every dollar spent there also contributes to the russian oligarchs in the economy it's it's a whole twisted web and i don't know where this fits in there.
1: Yeah, i get the um i get how some game companies would be okay with letting you know, letting people have access to their game. Um but like i feel like this is a this is going to be a double-edged sword later on too and i think i mentioned it last week where if you encourage, you know, if you encourage pirating, like, games, TV shows, movies, and so on and so forth, excuse me, um, when you eventually take it away, how how are people going to respond to it? Um, but on top of that, it just feels it feels weird because, like, Russia is saying it's okay to do this, but at the same time, like, the companies themselves might not be on board, too. And I feel like... What ends up happening that you that you end up doing is you have to make a second version that understands that it's pirated. And then, hmm, like, we, we've seen those things where, like, some companies will have a second version where if it is pirated, like, there's a specific thing, like, either on a disk or on, like, a certain file that tells them that, like, okay, this is a pirated copy and then it just cuts off the game like at a certain point like i remember there was one like pirate cheat for um i think it's for spyro where like um if you try to pirate the game and, and play the game it would not let you play the final stage like it, it lets you play majority of the game but then once you get into the final boss or once you're about to fight the final boss it sends you back to the first like the, oh, the first mean. world
0: and
1: like there was no other thing that Told you that this happens, it just deletes your save and makes you go back to the front.
0: That's mean. (laughs) So it's
1: just things like that. Like, I feel like companies will start getting smarter. And if it does end up being a thing where like it knows it's pirated, it they're gonna start taking away some certain features. So um yeah, I, I don't I don't I think that's the right answer or way to go about it, and if you know, other companies want to continue to push it, like just host it on a website and and let them download it. Um, you know, after either a donation or or something else. So we'll see how it works.
0: So now we're going to move into actual Overwatch things, and as the the native San Franciscan, I think it's it's more fitting that you talk about this one, Kevin.
1: Yeah, um, super. DeLese, our our boy from the San Francisco shock has announced that he is going to be retiring. Um, I we we saw it coming. Um, he actually has like his retirement video is three and a half minutes long. Um, but he says, like, you know, I, I actually met super the first time he came to the bay. Um, I remember back when he was 17 five years ago, almost five years ago now, um, where he came in, him and like the the one who shall not be named who was also on the shock, um, were both there. And it was it was a barcade night in San Francisco, and he's just like this awkward 17-year-old, he couldn't drink, he just was there to enjoy the party and know get to meet the shock fans um and it was like i was like this guy this kid he's just he's super young i know that he's like excited about the game super
0: Um, young (laughs) yeah i
1: mean (laughs) i mean he wasn't even legal enough to like play in season one so um they had to wait till he turned 18 to become like a part of the team um But yeah, I I appreciated, you know, everything that he did, you know, the huge Overwatch resume from like the golden stage, uh, winning certain stages, winning, you know, the Overwatch League championships twice, um, definitely has done a lot for the game um, of Overwatch. And I I feel like more importantly, almost like at least gave us a little glimmer of of hope or like recognition, you know. he was the one who ended up going on Fallon talking about like the championship and stuff like that. So uh, we, we have, we have to thank super for that. Um And the funny thing is like for, for a joke for, for a while, like the San Francisco shock would post thank you super very cool as like a, as like a, as a banner. And, and people are like, Oh no, he's retiring. Oh no, he's gone. And then like, He actually retires. And then everybody's like, say, please say very cool. (laughs) Please say say very cool. Uh, But yeah, it's a, it's a very, like, it's a very sad time to be a shock fan considering that um, there's the only person, the only player who's returning to the San Francisco shock. um, That would, that has played in previous years is Violet. So Violet, like, don't get me wrong. He's a good player, but he is not the same leader that super is super is a great IGL. Um, had the chance of being in a lobby with him once. And he is a a great shot caller. He knows like he he's pointing out certain things like in match. And this was just a fan match. Like I, I happened to hop in and it was, it was an amazing experience. Um, I I would say, like, honestly, if you if you ever see, like, if Super ever comes back as either a coach or even an analyst, like I would be, you know, ecstatic. I think that it would be a great move for him. Um, But at the same time, like, I get it. He's been playing this game for for almost five years now. And it's about time that he, like, you know, steps away for good, you know, hangs up his gloves and like moves on with his life you know it's it's a good it's a good transition and a good time to do it Mm -hmm. um so i don't blame him for retiring this is something that's actually like for me i'm I'm excited to see what he does next um he's probably going to continue streaming um still considered to be like a great personality in the overwatch community um we'll see if he revokes his retirement moving into you know overwatch 2 or if another team might want to like sign him as a coach or something. We'll see what ha- ends up happening. Um but yeah, I do think that this is this is a really interesting like time for the San Francisco Shock. Um not con- well, considering that, you know, Violet's the only new piece, they're picking up pieces from O2 Blast and they're also picking up a whole bunch of like new players as well. We have to see how, you know, the San Francisco Shock are not the same old SF Shock that we've, you know, known for the past couple seasons. Like, this is definitely a very interesting time to see. So, um yeah, it's it's only fitting that super, you know, especially after four years of playing the game is, is eventually going to retire today.
0: I feel like this is a huge loss to the Overwatch League as a whole, not just the Shock, because, again, he was like, the fun, relatable, like very mainstream kid that was able to go on Fallon and not make the overwatch league look like just the absolute nerdiest thing you ever saw. like he was just he was just genuinely a funny personality and a really good player to watch. and i I don't know i I, I don't know if I can handle losing him as a player. He's one of the people that I actually paid a lot of attention to. Um, but like, what does he do now? Now that he's retired, like he can he can do anything. Like he can go to school or go into like coaching or or etc. Or just like not do anything entertainment related at all. Like the the world is open. He's only twenty two. He's still really young. He's you can literally do anything right now.
1: Yeah, and I. He's very young, you know, he can do a bunch. So I, I do think that super definitely has a career somewhere, like whether it is going back to college or if it is, you know, working on other things that are esports related. Definitely see that happening. Um, but I do think that he's a great spokesperson for esports in general, and um I I don't see him leaving the scene completely. I do think that he's still. He says that he still wants to be on projects with the shock. So maybe if there's like a, you know, boomers versus zoomers game, like I'd be hundred <laughs> percent down to watch that. Um, like, like you have all these like new kids from O2 Blast who who they're picking up and who the shock are now partnered with. But like, if you saw that versus like a team of like super Choi, uh bring back Architect for a game, uh, Dante, Moth, and, like, I don't know, you you can't, not Violet. Violet's too busted. You bring back, like, (laughs) uh, Twilight or something like that, right? Like, I would watch that show match. Or, like, even bring back Sleepy. I'd watch that show match. Like, it's just, there's a lot of really interesting, like, like combinations and you know content that they could work on and um i'm i'm excited to see what they do in the future
0: well best of luck to super i do hope we see him around at least in some capacity within the next season like i hope they bring him in just once or twice just as a joke just like as a guest or something but best of luck to super thank you for all you've done for the world of overwatch and esports and the san francisco shock you've been a great player to watch um
1: so i have that signed jersey though that's that's going to oh, be something
0: oh man i knew i should have bought a jersey now if i try to buy one they're going to be worth so much
1: yeah i have like i think it's season 3 shock that i have signed um Ooh. but it's uh it was an interesting time
0: So a little bit in the world of Overwatch 2 news. Um, we talked last week about the ping system that uh, players are going to be able to use to kind of point out where certain enemy team characters are. And like we said last week, um, the goal of this is to make it more, I guess, clear and accurate than just your the people on voice chat with you calling it out. And what is going to happen when you ping is that the character is going to say a voice line that tells you where that opponent character is. Again, I'm honestly not sure how that can be more accurate than a teammate telling you where the uh, the opposing Reaper is, but that's the goal of the new ping system. Um, but one of the concerns about the ping system that people have brought up is that when you're playing Sombra, it potentially could be, A little bit oppressive because the what the concern is, is that if you're Sombra and you go invisible, you could essentially just call out where the entire opponent team is without ever being noticed so it's kind of like a free Widowmaker alt um and the way that the overwatch dev team is. um, Is looking into this to to kind of combat it is according to um. Community manager, Jody, um, this is what they said in the forum, we agree that Sombra is the hero most affected by the system, and we knew this was going to be true if we decided to build ping. She's the main reason for a lot of nuance in the ping system Sombra can effectively track one enemy's position now by informing their team that quote the Widowmaker is always directly in front of me uh, because of how we do silhouettes to the surfaces. I've talked to some high-level players that do this in Overwatch now. Um, so essentially, it's Sombra can only ping one person. I don't know if that's accurate for everybody. I don't know if like if, if for example, you're playing a Soldier 76, you can ping multiple players, or if it's just for Sombra, or like if you can only ping one, or if it's just for Sombra that you're going to be only to, able to ping one person, but um, at least they are working on it. At least it's something that they're they're addressing and that they are acknowledging that it might be a little bit broken for certain characters. Um, but another character that might be getting a little bit of an update for Overwatch 2 is Brig, because everyone everyone hates Brig and her shield bash. Uh, but so According to the official Overwatch forums uh, user Vex Insanity using, um, I, I guess this is leaked from some Overwatch League playtests that they've been doing on the new build for Overwatch 2. Um, according to that, the rumored changes to Brig's Shield Bash are there's going to be no stun, which, I mean, we already knew that was going to come through because there's a lot less crowd control that's going to be happening in Overwatch 2. So stun is removed. The cooldown is reduced from 7 seconds to 5 seconds. The distance is increased from 6.85 meters to about 10 to 11 meters, so almost double the distance. Um, it's no longer blocked by shields. It now triggers Inspire, so Shield Bash can heal. And the damage is increased from 5 to 50. That's a lot of change.
1: Yeah, so the thing that like I wanted to point out here is like, the main problem with brig's shield bash was the stun um and like i'm i'm glad that they took that away because like if they if they kept that and added everything else it's just like whoa okay that's a lot um but majority of these are just like allowing brig to get into fights now um allowing her to to still be kind of like a damage dealer but without having to worry about the crowd control aspect. Or getting stopped in the middle of like trying to make a play, which I mean, as a Rhyme player, like I felt the I felt the brunt of this like majority of the time. Like I would drop my shield for half a second, and then I just get shield bashed. So um when it comes to this, like the fact that I feel like the most important piece of this is stun is removed, and then everything else is just like secondary. It's just giving them the distance to work so um overall like i'm I'm okay with these i just don't know like i hope that they don't add another stun to some other ability
0: yeah i mean with with i don't think they would just because in general we know that crowd control is not going to be as big of a a focus in overwatch 2 but like my question on it though is like is like with these changes are people still going to pick Brig as often? Is she going to be as effective without the stun? Because I know a lot of people do use her as a counter for Doomfist or for Somer because, or even Tracer, because of that stun, it makes those really annoying, like, very quick characters who have um, a low health pool. It It's an effective counter because you can stun and then immediately take that character out. But, like, with this change, is she going to be... As effective or are people still going to use her as much is she going to be just used in a different context or is without her stun is she even really that viable of a pick.
1: Yeah, I feel like all those things are valuable questions and especially since she is still a. uh, she, She is still a support so being able to like have that as an option I feel like is okay um because like they're they're taking away the cc and just allowing brig to have a little bit more repositioning and damage um I do understand how important that was but like now it just relies more I mean I feel like what's happening with Overwatch 2 not only because it's a you know going from a 6v6 Uh, to a 5v5 but also there's a lot more responsibility on certain roles to do certain things so like if you are a tank like you have to be responsible for um like protecting the team and trying to figure out how to keep everybody up same thing with supports and like dps have to deal with you know their counterparts for once it's not going to be a pretty easy one-to-one there is going to be a lot of like work that has to be done in order to make it like in order to make the game balance but also to like balance responsibilities
0: i mean i don't i've never played brig anyway so this doesn't really affect me but ah this is going to be an interesting change to deal with in overwatch 2 because i know like Specifically, my team really does rely on her to, to take care of like a Sombra or a Doomfist or something. So this is gonna be weird. This is it's definitely gonna be weird. <laughs> but I mean, I, that's the end of the notes that I've compiled. Anything you wanted to add, Kevin? Anything you want to talk about? Um,
1: no, not really. I feel like we've covered everything that needs to be talked about this week. There's a once again, there's a good amount of Overwatch news. Um, and yeah, moving into next week, there's going to be, hopefully there's going to be a little bit more that we can, uh, we can reveal and talk to people about, um, but yeah, I, I think we covered everything and I hope that everybody still enjoys our coverage of not only what else is going on in the overwatch league, but overall just gaming in general.
0: At the very least, I enjoy our coverage. And I know at least at least a couple of the Zomnex team listens to us, so they enjoy our coverage. Yay. Well, thank you everybody who I, I didn't just mention, but thank you everybody who is listening right now. Thank you for continuing to support to yeah, words, continuing to support us. And as always, we will be back at you next week. Um, if any of you have emailed the email account i haven't looked in a bit i will i will look at it but even if you're just saying hi just 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 email us it'd be cool or just send us a message we'd appreciate it but thank you everybody and we will catch you next week adios
1: next week we bring you the latest in gaming and pop culture
0: news Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at believeinowl. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.